Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, I am here with Stika. How you doing? Hey everyone, and I'm pretty good, man. How are Excellent. you? Excellent. So, uh, cheers. Having, uh, having myself a beer. I only, I only have water, sorry. Ah, good enough. <laughs> Drink them if you got them. <laughs> so, I've been, uh, I've been following your channel for quite a while. I really enjoyed your, some of your interviews. Um, Thank you. Your reviews and stuff like that. But for people who aren't familiar with your work, uh, would you mind just introducing yourself and giving people a, a rundown of what it is mm-hmm. that you do? Well, um, I have a channel called Stika's Retro Corner. I, uh, I'm from Portugal, hence the very odd accent. Um, I tend to do a lot of retro reviews, a few developer interviews. Um, I like creating some uh, documentaries focusing on either Portuguese or gaming or Brazilian gaming history. And I also like to focus on new games being released for old consoles. Like the Sega Genesis has been receiving a lot of new games recently. And I've been trying to review as many of them as I can, so that's pretty much what I what I tend to do for my channel. Yeah, that's, I mean that's pretty much how I would describe it as well. Um, lots of good <laughs> stuff up there. I watched uh, you, the Master System games one; I thought was really interesting because I've always been a Thank fan you. of the console, and I grew up in an area where nobody had a Master System. Just one family from California moved uh, moved kind of near me, and uh, the I think I've told this before, but the oldest son was just a little older than me, and he was one of those yeah. natural-born salesmen, and when he wanted to get a Genesis, <laughs> he convinced me that the Master System was the greatest thing ever, and I got it home, and I, I gotta say, playing Space Harrier 3D on, you know, on my silly TV at my grandparents' <laughs> house was amazing, so I think he thought he, uh, I think he thought he pulled one over on me, but I was very happy with the purchase, so... <laughs> Funny thing you should say that, because the Master System is part of the reason why I made this channel. Um, see, I've been following a lot of YouTube channels since, I don't know, maybe the Angry Video Game Nerd back in 2007, like way back in, in the first years of YouTube. And one thing that's always kind of bothered me was that a lot of consoles or systems that were popular in my country or in Europe, they were rarely ever talked about uh, from from English-speaking countries. Mm-hmm. Not just United States, but United Kingdom, Australia, whatever. And um, whenever the master system was brought up, it always received that sort of treatment which was like, oh, it's like the NES, but not as good. Oh, this game, yeah, it's like that game for, for the NES, but not as good. <laughs> and, and I don't know, it, it just never seemed fair to me. So I try doing a lot of master system reviews or videos because I think it's a great system, a very underrated system. But unfortunately, in the United States, we were kind of unlucky because the game, the console only received like half of its library when compared to Europe. Mm-hmm. So sadly, you guys did miss out on a lot of games. 
Yeah, um, and when I was getting back into this, when I when I started retro mm-hmm. RGB, I started the, one of the first things I, I bought was another Master System. Uh, I had at one mm-hmm. point sold everything that I had, so I didn't have any of my originals. <laughs> but uh, of course, I had to hunt down some of the 3D games and the Sonic games. Oh, those are great! Yeah, because yeah, I didn't yeah. realize when I was a kid that those Sonic games that I was playing on my Game Gear, most of them at least, were available as Master System games as well. Mm-hmm. And there are slight differences of each. Uh, there was a few people that made patches uh, to kind of mix and match the assets and stuff but overall they're they're pretty good games i mean if you it's not at all what you would consider an 8-bit sonic to be like because i you know at least myself you know looking back i would have thought that sega would have just kind of tried to port the genesis version as quickly as possible to get Mm -hmm. sales but they're completely unique games um and i i don't do you know if they were designed for the game gear and ported to the master system I think it depends on the game. As far as I know, Sonic 1 was made for the Master System. Um, 2 and two and, and um, the other one's called Chaos. Chaos, I'm pretty sure the Game Gear was, was, the, the, was the main development system. Sonic 2, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not, I don't think it's really known which one was the main system for that one. Hmm. Um, what I find interesting about the first Sonic game is that, if I'm not mistaken, the developer behind it was Ancient, the same studio behind uh, Streets of Rage, uh, Streets of Rage 2, in fact. Um, and not a lot of people know that. I think I, I think even Yuzo Koshiro did the, the soundtrack for the Master System version of Sonic 1. Oh, really? Which is, I think it's either him or a family member of him, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. I know he was involved in the project in some way, at least. Because hmm. I always found and, them enjoyable games, but I also felt that mm-hmm. they... They looked right on the Game Gear, you know. It, it's not like you were. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like you were squinting trying to see it. Like sometimes when you do the opposite, like when you play games that were definitely designed to be played on the Master System <laughs> on the Game Gear, you know, everything seems proportionally correct. You could, you know. Basically, the way it works is the Master System games, uh, the Sonic games for the Master System have a, a, a wider view lens, which is really noticeable in Sonic Two. Like the first boss in Sonic Two is super easy on the Master System and super difficult on the Game Gear because you can't see enough. Interesting. But the graphics tend to be a lot better on the Game Gear. Like, the if you if you put, like, the um, the Green Hill Zone flowers on both 8-bit versions next to each other, you'll notice the Game Gear version is animated, and it just looks better, in my opinion. Yeah, so I believe there were some people on the SMS Power forums a while back that tried to port mm-hmm. some of the assets of the uh, Game Gear version to the SMS mm-hmm. version so it would look better like that. Um, but yeah, you're right, and I think a lot of those Game Gear to SMS patches involve tapping into that extra area and trying mm-hmm. to, to move other assets around so that you could actually have a full, you know, a full 240p experience. And um, was it Tails Adventure? I think. The, oh, that game is awesome! Yeah, the person who did that did, did an amazing job doing the port for that, without a doubt. I I actually didn't know there was a Master System port of that, of that game yet. I know there's there's been a lot of porting then for the Master System. Some of it's really impressive. Yeah, most of them are just um, proof of concept, like "Hey, we mm-hmm. got it started. Anybody interested can now take it from here" type of thing. But I think it was Tales Adventure. I, I'm 99% sure. It's been a few years since I've played it. One interesting thing though is because the Game Gear had a higher color palette, they had to change mm-hmm. the colors of the game for it to work correctly on the Master Very System. Very common, yes. In some some levels. Are are noticeably different. I mean, the, the, you know, anybody who sees them side by side can tell. But mm-hmm. some, I, I genuinely feel it's a, 
you know, maybe it's just my eyes because I tend to see colors weird. But no, 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 no. Like, it, it is very noticeable. Yeah, and but, it's something that I wish they had multiple choices. Like try try this poor color palette one, color palette two, and that way people could just <laughs> choose whatever looks better to them at the time. If you ever want to see a really impressive port for the Master System, uh, somebody uh, poured, poured the first level of Musha for the Master System. Oh, really? And it looks really good. It, it looks really impressive. But it's a really difficult video to find. All I did is port, is port the first level, and it, it was a Japanese developer. So typing in the right keywords to find it on YouTube is not easy. But, but it is out there. That's pretty neat. Yeah, I'd like to see it, more ports good. and stuff for the Master System that take advantage of... Mm -hmm. uh, Anything light gun games or 3D glasses related, I think, are, are very, very cool. And they're games that a lot of the games, at least the light gun games, you know, you don't have mm -hmm. to sit down and, and play for an hour. You could just hang out for 5, True. 10, 15 minutes and just have some quick fun. So I appreciate those for that. And uh, I really, I always loved Maze Hunter 3D. I thought it did a really oh, great job awesome. of uh, the depth of that, you know. I, I actually have that for the 3DS, and, and playing it on, on 3DS with, with the 3D effect turned on, it looks so good. Yeah, they did, it just looks so amazing. They did a great job with that conversion. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, the thing is, I'd like to see more ports or more new games for the Master System, but as far as I know, there aren't that many tools for it. The few projects I've seen, they usually tend to use the LX Kid engine, the LX City Miracle World. And the games are good. Like, I've even reviewed Alex Kid Miracle World 2, mm -hmm. which was a fan-made game released last year. Yeah. And the game is good, but you never feel like it's pushing the hardware because it's it's based on one of the earlier Master System games. And, you know, it's cool for what it is. I like the game, but I really want to see developers try to push the hardware. Like, uh, Xeno Crisis for the Mega Drive or Sega Genesis, it does some impressive stuff with the hardware, for example. Absolutely. So... I, I I really want to see see like new developers really try to push um, the master system hardware. Yeah, totally agreed. Uh, I like you know I, I do appreciate. I mean, I guess you know the blanket statement of I appreciate all new games on older consoles. Oh, I think great. it's very cool. Great. But I, I I appreciate it more when people take the time to do unique things like Tanglewood. Of course, mm -hmm. I thought that was just a oh, gorgeous great. game. Um, you know, it's not my favorite style of game, but I, I appreciated it for everything it was. I, uh, I got to get back and, and finish that one. And uh, the person who's doing, or I think it's almost completed, the port of Cave Story to the Genesis. That's oh, very, that's very right. cool. That you know, I want to play that. Yeah, there's a save game bug. I can't get it to save, and I've uh, tweeted and emailed the creator and never got a response. So <laughs> I don't know. Uh, um, you said Tanzer. The thing I find the most impressive about Tanzer is the. I don't know if you've reached this part, but halfway through the game, you get an AI buddy. And mm -hmm. the AI for that for your buddy character is is better better than it had any right to be on the Mega Drive. <laughs> like, I would not expect a 16-bit console to produce an AI buddy that good. Like, it knows what it has to do. It, it never gets in your way, which is really impressive considering I have PS3 games where I hate the AI on my on my friend characters. Mm -hmm. But this this this... 
this 16-bit game got it right. It, it, it's it's really impressive. Yeah, I, I always like to see people go above and beyond to do that stuff. And I mean, at the end of the day, a good game is a good game, period. Whether it's exactly. a ROM hack or whether it's some, like... Uh, in a, a Atari twenty six hundred style game on the Genesis, like it doesn't doesn't really matter. It's a good game is a good game, but I do have a lot of appreciation for people to go to go the distance, Agreed. soundtracks, Agreed. graphics, all that stuff. So, plus you get to see some unique stuff. There's a there's a modern Mega Drive game, which you can uh, you can select which version of the game you want to play. So you plug in the cartridge, and you can select between the Genesis version or the Commodore 64 version inside the Genesis, or the ZX Spectrum version, or uh, EGAP MS-DOS version, or, <laughs> uh, or, or an, an MSX version, an Amstrad CPC version, like, it, go, it, goes, uh, it goes the full length. It, you get to play the same game in nine different styles on your Mega Drive, which is really impressive. Yeah, that's pretty neat. I, I always like that stuff. Um, now, you've been reviewing a bunch of new games, <laughs> new games on old consoles for a while. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm going to try to tread carefully about this one because I don't, <laughs> I genuinely do not like drama. I mean, I love silly, I stupid drama. Going. I love like WWE <laughs> drama. I love it when my friends make fun of I me. Know where it's that, that kind of drama makes me happy. Like when you get me, Jimmy Hoppa, and you hell on a call together, <laughs> we just are brutal to each other. Like that's the kind of drama that makes me smile, not real drama but you um you had an interview with uh the the ceo owner whatever you want to call it of pico interactive and i was so impressed with the interview like you i mean you always do a very good job making people feel comfortable i mean you're obviously doing it right now in this interview but like you have a you have a way about yourself that makes people feel comfortable just opening up and talking and i was kind of interested to see where that interview would go because, you know, I was expecting, because you make things so comfortable, to that the, the, the owner of that company would have eased into a, a narrative of, well, you know, we're trying our best, and, you know, we keep trying to get better. And I was appalled at some of the things <laughs> that actually happened. I saw your video. Like, you did, you did a, a, um, a weekly recap, and, and you talked about the interview. Yeah. <laughs> I hate watching those because I hate, you know, <laughs> I, I guess this is a little bit on a personal note, but whenever I see somebody angry talking at a camera, like I just, mm-hmm. it's in my nature to just lose all respect <laughs> for them immediately. Like you're not, I'm not a tough person as it is, but I'm certainly not a tough guy talking tough into yeah. a camera. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, if I wasn't honest about things, I would not mm-hmm. be doing my job. If I was just being happier, if I just didn't talk about it at all, and a bunch of people bought these games not knowing what to expect, you know, so I gotta just take one for the team now and then, but I don't, yeah, I don't like watching myself when I have to do those drama-esque things, but I was just really surprised by that, and um, I am comfortable saying what I have been saying, because um, you could... Anybody could go listen to your interview. That that was not a, a hidden camera interview. That was some you know he he was willing to talk about it. You know I know I, I know Eli likes to throw some threats around now and then. I got a passive aggressive threat that he was going to have his friend who was a gaming magazine write a bad article about me. Jesus. And I was just it was passive aggressive. So well, you know okay. uh, in case he's looking <laughs> to file a defamation suit against me, it's not he didn't come out and say it, but he kind of you know he made it very clear that he was going to try to make my life miserable if I didn't change a post, and I didn't. I was like, <laughs> listen, I'll reword a few things because 
he was right. People could inter- could have interpreted some of the things I said their own way, which is a problem I have all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> in my stupid brain, when it falls out of my face, it makes so much sense to me. And then one of my friends says, hey, what did you mean by that? And I go, oh, I didn't, even, <laughs> I didn't even consider somebody would have taken it that way. So he was totally right about that. I did absolutely word things wrong, and I changed those. But nothing else, because, you know, like mm-hmm. I said, you got to just tell the truth. And I think what he said, like... Well, you know, even major publishers have misspellings and, you know, have uh, artwork that's uh, miscentered and stuff like that. Like, I mean, that's not yeah. a false statement, but as somebody who's trying to trying to win people over, is that the attitude yeah. that you want to convey to people? Is just mediocrity is okay, <laughs> but you could still pay top dollar? Well, let, Pico is always a bit of a sensitive subject. <laughs> and the thing is, I have a very close friend of mine, like a real life friend. We go game hunting together like once a week, before this whole corona business and social distancing. Um, and he's always asking me, why do you keep reviewing Pico games? Like, he watched my video, and he's like, I love the Mega Drive, but why do you keep buying them? I mean, you're actually buying them yourself. They're not even sending the, they're not even sending the games to you. You're, you're spending your own money. You're, you're waiting months for the games to arrive, because shipping from, from the U.S. to Portugal takes a long time. Yeah. Um, and and they're expensive because yeah they they are like uh, Switchblade was fifty dollars plus shipping so I, I basically paid full price for a game sixty sixty dollars if not more and the thing is um, in theory in concept I like what they do what it what they're trying to do which is um, they're taking these uh, originally they were taking these Taiwan games which I've always wanted to play but they were they were in Chinese or um, Mandarin, sorry, I didn't. Whatever, sorry. I believe it's it's Mandarin in uh, in sorry. Taiwan. It's okay. Did not mean to be offensive to anyone. My, my nobody apologies. in Taiwan's going to be offended uh, by that. I, I basically um, lived there for on and off for okay, six years. Okay. No one's no one's going to be offended. And <laughs> and basically they were they were putting on a cartridge and releasing it physically. And from what they've said, I'm going to assume it's true. I have no reason to I have no reason to doubt them. They actually bought the rights to the game, mm-hmm. so it's an official uh, release. I'm like, okay, that's I like that. That's a cool idea. The original development team or creators get get a, a portion of the of the money because they sold the rights to it. Sounds sounds good to me. Sounds like a cool idea to me too. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I do also get a lot of the issues because it's not it's not cheap. It's expensive, and I've even gotten into a few fights over at Sega sixteen on public forums with Eli. Uh, Eli is the CEO or founder of Pico Interactive over this because I do think the games are expensive. Um, I do not like the art style he uses for the covers. I said this on pretty much every video I've made. I keep saying I don't like this art style. Yeah, but that's to a his... completely fair statement. You yeah. know, you could say yeah. I, I like blue better than red. That's that's not criticizing the company. That's to, your opinion. To, so, yeah. to his credit, he actually took one of my my um, my advices to 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 heart, which is having reversible covers. So if you don't like one style of art. You could have another. That's pretty. I cool. didn't like either one of them. Sadly, I still didn't like either of them. I'm sorry, I didn't. I really them. It, it broke my heart saying that on video, but I did not like them. It really bothered me how the manuals. They have spelling mistakes, but it often feels like the person who wrote them didn't really play the game either. Um, like like it'll mention, it'll either mention wrong information or it's missing very important information. And it's always a bit of a bittersweet taste because 
I want to support the concept. I want to see more games. I love the Mega Drive. It's one of my favorite consoles. I want to see more games being released for it. I like that now they're expanding into porting Amiga games for the Mega Drive. I think it's a cool idea. Yeah. I don't like that the packaging isn't very good. I don't like that their last game, Switchblade, had a lot of bugs, a lot of crashes, basically, basically unplayable, much to my dismay. Um, and I don't like that a lot of people have said this, I think yourself included, that the cartridges uh, run the risk of damaging your console. Yeah, so I just I did want to be clear about about that because I know you mentioned it in your last video. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the there's a few different aspects of that. First and foremost, any um, any cartridge, uh, the actual cartridge, uh, mm -hmm. PCB itself, the board inside. Yeah. If that's not beveled, which means if you're looking at it like you know from from this angle, uh, mm -hmm. it's got like a little curvature and a point to it. Um, the reason for that is so when it gets inserted into your console, it splits the pins nicely. Uh, and if that's not beveled, if that's square, you're essentially mm -hmm. just smashing those pins in. Um, and that will absolutely wear the cartridge connector out far faster than with a beveled oh, edge. I did not know that. Yeah, so that that is indisputable. That's anybody that says otherwise is just a flat earther, you know, type of thing, right? Okay, okay. Um, the other part of that is what uh, what is the metal used for um, the contacts, the fingers, if you will, mm -hmm. on the end. Um, if it's silver, that's that's not that's nickel actually, and it's not really good at all for cartridges. Um, you know, you see them in arcade boards, but remember, arcade boards weren't meant to be constantly inserted. I mean, how many times, mm -hmm. even uh, even arcade operators that had candy caps and swapped boards, were you swapping them twice a day? Not you know constantly all the time. Makes so. Sense. Uh, the best thing to use is hard gold, but a lot of people, um, in fact, a lot of people try to order that, but manufacturers just kind of skimp and put um, different solutions on there that kind of uh, look mm. similar, but that won't hurt your console at all. It'll just wear out the game faster. So that's not okay. uh, that big of a deal. Most of these go to collectors who aren't going to be playing them. You know, it's not going to be like when we were kids yeah, when you yeah. have your family over and the console's going all day long swapping between games. So it, it could be done better. And then, of course, the last thing is the debate that, um, you know, I feel bad that I didn't take the time to explain this in a different way, but that's the, the voltage difference for cartridges mm -hmm. that run at a different voltage than the console. Mm -hmm. And... Um, when remember when this first happened, my channel was very small. So instead of <laughs> taking the time to be patient and just use some very good examples and make a make a displaced gamer style video out of it, I <laughs> made a big joke about it, tongue in cheek. But there was still all good technical info in there. But it was just Renee and I being silly, and that was fine when I had a thousand subscribers. But that video is still <laughs> out there, and people are. Uh, you know, now people might get the wrong idea. And the truth is that you're probably going to be okay if it's just a voltage mismatch. Uh, but mm -hmm. you could lessen the life of the cartridge. There could be some issues. But it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it's not like smoking. It's more like bacon. You know, bacon's okay. definitely not good for you. But is bacon really the thing that's going to kill you, or is it everything else in your life? <laughs> so it's more like that, I guess, and it's probably the best way I could use. So, but the, the point is that it's it all goes back to the to the people that spend the time to have good quality products. 
you know, if a lot of these, uh, a lot of these new old old new releases, whatever you want to say, uh, they people take the time to have properly built boards. Um, even mm-hmm. Matt, the creator of Tanglewood, wanted to make sure that the cartridge weighed the same, so that anybody who's <laughs> our age who opened it up could feel the way it felt when you opened oh, up a new awesome. game as a kid. Like, you know, and at the end of the day, that stuff doesn't matter, but it's appreciated. So I don't Agreed. mind the fact that a lot of these things are very expensive. I just wish that you get what you paid for. So if there was a title that was twenty bucks that had a label that looked like it was printed askew with misspellings, yeah, and a, that happens. Yeah, stuff like that. Then you know what, whatever. But the thing is, you'll actually notice the car- the Pico's cartridges. They have misspellings on the actual cartridge mold, and not just one, like several. Yeah, like a- avoid. Uh, Plastic is written plastic. Avoid <laughs> is, is is has a has a spelling mistake. There's like two backspaces instead of one between words. It's kind of weird. You know, I understand that there's always uh, language barriers. Cheers, by the way, for myself another one. But uh, you know, there's always the chance of language barriers. But mm-hmm. the world essentially has gotten much smaller, so it, it does not Agreed. take much effort to just email email that over to a bunch of people and say, hey, did I make any mistakes? And, you know, he's got a story that should be inspiring, right? Just, you know, I I loved the story he told about, you know, um, starting the company, acquiring the rights, you know, using the consoles from when he grew up in a different country, and it should be an inspiring story. I just, um, you know... And that's the thing. It's... it's, When I I spoke to him, I enjoyed our our conversation, and it, it, it really seemed... Like he genuinely loves video games. He he has a he has a um, he seems like he has a positive attitude towards his products, and he seems very passionate. Like um, I'm not really I don't really care for action figures, but he seemed really passionate about his idea of uh, an action, of a toy line or an action figure line because he he loved those toys as a kid. When he grew up, didn't really have the resources to to buy him the toys he wanted, and. I think that's a really cool story. I also I think the guy is passionate, and I think that um, he's he's trying to do he's trying to do a good product, but for whatever reason, in many ways, I feel he keeps missing the mark. But I can't really stay mad at a person. I don't know. It's it's it's. I'm not sure how to explain it. I can't really stay mad at him at the same time, because I mean I keep buying the games so. And, right. and not just not just to review not just to review them. So on some level, not only am I enabling it, but I am enjoying the game. So um, I don't know. It's it's weird. Like I I like the game. I like, I like what he's doing. I just wish he did some parts better. I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I guess you know, I guess when you're surrounded by a bunch of people that are are really great at what they do, um, it's mm-hmm. hard to just do a good job. So you kind of have to set your standards higher, and maybe that's True. maybe that's a part of part of it. But I just there's so many of these games where if you said, "Hey, you know everything showed up right, it was built right," you know, uh, but I just didn't like the game. That's fine. That's totally cool. Yeah. Or like the game was buggy, but it was a you know it was an unfinished game, kind of sold as is. That's fine too. But when it's not but... advertised as that, I mean, they're too call of, too small of a company not to be transparent about that stuff like there was um somebody selling a repro of an unfinished jaguar game which you know that Mm -hmm. that goes to that whole gray area of was that legal was it not whatever but you know the game barely worked 
that's why I bought it. Like, I bought the prototype because I was so curious to see what it would be like to play that game in its current form. So if I complained that it was buggy, that's my fault. But, like, (laughs) if I got Tanglewood and it didn't work, that's Matt's fault. You know what I mean? Like, but it didn't, by the way. I'm I'm just using an example. No, no, no. I I know, I know. At the same time, okay, um, uh, we're we're talking about Switchblade. Switchblade um, was an Atari ST game or an Amiga game. Mm -hmm. And they poured over to the Mega Drive. And in my video, um, I discovered the game had a lot of game-breaking bugs. And it was very crash-prone. Mm. So I thought I thought to myself, am I going to review it like this? Or am I going to, to send a, a message to Pico first? And I contacted Pico. And they, were, they said, oh, oh, we're sorry. I didn't know about that. So let me send you a replacement cartridge for free. And they did it. The issue is they sent, they sent the cartridge on October. I got it like in February. That's how long shipping takes and oh. customs. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've shipped while stuff I was to it, Portugal before, and it wasn't that bad. Is that a normal thing, or were they just? It. I don't know. So like sometimes it's super fast. Sometimes it takes a long time. Hmm. Yeah. So, I I don't know. I really don't know. Weird. Okay. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> yeah. No worries. Um. And the thing is, like, I was playing. Um. So I was playing the game again. Seemed fine. Whatever. I was just about finishing the editing passes on the review, and then when I, when I looked at my television, I left, I, left, I left the game running. I saw I saw the crash screen. I was like, oh god! So I started playing it again, and within one hour, the game crashed four times. Um, and I was like, well, I can't recommend the game like this. So I recorded a, a, a very last-minute addendum, in which I said, don't buy this game because it's broken. And to be fair, to 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 be to to their credit. Both Pico and the developer contacted me. They were saying, oh, we don't know about these bugs. Could you send us a bug report? And I'm like, sure. Uh, the game crashed when I did this, and, the, and, the, and I got this bug when I did that. And luckily for me, I actually recorded most of the footage for doing those bugs. So I sent them like about an hour of footage. And they said they're trying to work on it, which is, which is cool. But at the same time, it should not be the client doing the bug testing, in my opinion. Yeah, I want to make sure we're clear about something. You didn't buy, like, an early release and get it before no, anybody else. No, no, no. Else. Final release. Anybody who issue. bought this game has it with misspelled, misspellings on the label and on the cartridge. Uh, yes. And they have it potentially crash on them all the time. Now, you know, there's yes. always things out there. There are certain revision Genesis 2s that crash certain mm-hmm. games. Like, we've been finding that in the Triple Bypass development team. Uh, I say we, most of everybody else has done more work than me on that one, but, you know, I'm still in the loop for all that stuff. So there's always stuff out of people's control, but this doesn't, this just seems like no, the same exact quality assurance testing that's always a Exactly, problem. because if you bought the game, uh, if you're just, like, not a YouTuber, just a regular person, if you, if you bought the game, you're going to get a broken product and you have no idea that it's, that it's broken. Yeah. And people have to know because the game is expensive. It's pretty, for me, it's basically a full price game anyway. So, it's it, it, and not only that, it raises a lot of issues because this was our first project in which they poured, excuse me, an Amiga game to a Mega Drive. Okay, so does this mean if, if they port Switchblade 2 or Rick Dangerous or anything else, am I going to get the same issues? Because I don't want to have to pay $60 for a game that may or may not crash every half an hour, for example. Right. It's just, it, and... Even for even for review purposes, I'm not I'm not going to spend sixty dollars for a video that's going to make me like uh, two dollars at, at most. So um, I I I can't I I, I can't I, I want to know that, the, that 
at the very least the game has to work like even putting aside the spelling mistakes or anything else just at the very least yeah. The bare minimum, the game has to that work. That seems like a pretty fair prerequisite for uh, for a game, you know, actually having it <laughs> I, I work. I would think so. I would think so. And I'm not saying this to attack Pico or, or anyone who works there or even the developers, but I think it's easy to, to someone to blame, oh, we didn't test a revision, oh, we didn't test a, oh, um, it's the developer's fault, it's the tester's fault. Look, I'm just a customer. I don't care who's I don't care whose fault it is, but this 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 should not have happened. I I've worked in the gaming industry for about three years, a uh, long time ago. I actually did some some bug testing when they needed some extra testers. I know it's a very difficult job. You have to you have to basically push your game to its limits and see how far it'll go before it complete it completely breaks down. It's it's not an easy task. No, not at all. But you but you, but you have to do it. Somebody has to do it. It, it can't be me. And when I was playing the game. I was not pushing the game at all. I was just playing it normally. So who knows what, what would happen if I did try to push it, if I did try to intentionally crash it, if I left it online for like five hours and hit the, the reset button seven times. That would be me trying to push the game, Yeah, which I didn't do. Yeah, I agree. Switching gears, though, what what's Sorry. the opposite <laughs> end of that? What's um, What is some of the, the best... Uh, new games on old consoles that you've seen. The one that really hit me recently was Trophy. Rayquaman just did a pretty good review of it that I enjoyed very much. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen that game yet. I, I know about it, but I, I, I need to watch it. Well, I know a lot of people will say Xenocrisis, which I enjoy. I haven't had Great a chance game. to play it yet, but I'm really looking forward to it. I think I'm holding off to play it on a Neo Geo. It's a good, <laughs> it's a very good game. My my biggest issue with it is playing a twin-stick shooter on a, on a Mega Drive controller. It's a bit of a... It has a bit of a learning curve. Mm. Uh, but my favorite game has to be Tenzer. I don't know if you've played it. Um, it was um, it was it was released by oh, what's the publisher's name? I'm trying to remember. Mega Cat Studios. Oh, okay. And um, it's like a bullet hell schmutz mixed with Strider. I think it's. I, I don't know how else to to explain it. it you're, the controls are like Strider, but much faster. But the intensity of the game is like a bolt hell shooter. Like, lots of enemies, lots of bullets. It, it just keeps going. That's really cool. The games. Did you review the games that? Are, I did. I did. I love it. I must it. have missed I, that. I, I'm sorry. Huh. It, no, no worries. No worries at all. Um, the game is... Graphically, it's not very... It's not impressive from a, from a traditional point of view. What I mean is the colors are very faded. The animations are just okay. The enemy designs are kind of weird, very um, Euro uh, European Amiga game. If, if I if I can ex- if I can explain, it. It, it looks very much like Shadow of the Beast or or those very European uh, Amiga games. But by God, the gameplay is amazing. That's awesome. The gameplay the gameplay is just super amazing. I I was addicted to that game. It's it's if that game launched back in the day. It would have been considered a classic today, in my opinion. It's really amazing. Well, now I'm really psyched to play it. That's cool. I, I heavily recommend Got another it. one for my list. Seriously good. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. And not sorry, sorry. To just go back to a previous point um, regarding Pico. Sorry, sorry about that. Oh, no, uh, sorry away. to to dwell. Um, another thing I believe is that I believe Eli should either um, hire a friend or or someone who would do the PR for his company because. I feel he is very hot-headed. Hot, hot-headed. Oh, those H's. They're very, they're very difficult in English. <laughs> um, uh, they're very hot-headed. 
um, because I feel if he sees something he doesn't like it, he'll reply it like 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 instantly without without thinking things through. This has happened when I said that I didn't like the covers for one of his games, and he left a very negative comment on my on my video like a few a few, a few years ago or a few months ago. Yeah, and now with Switchblade it was basically saying, "Yeah, we fired the Sega Man team," and I'm like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, what? Are you implying you fired like either a person or a team of people because of my video? Because that's that's that. Um, not only did it make me feel a bit uncomfortable because it, I felt directly responsible for that, it's also not something you should leave on a YouTube comment, I believe. And then, like thirty minutes. Sorry, I'm very sorry. No. And like thirty thirty minutes later, he was like, "Okay, so we talked with Sega Man. We're not firing him. We're not firing them after all." And I'm like. Okay, that's good, but why is this dialogue happening on my video? Like, it yeah. doesn't seem like the right place. That's incredibly unprofessional, and I can speak to that because I am, I am so guilty of most of that. Um, I've never wanted to be retro RGB. I've always wanted to be Bob from retro RGB, <laughs> and I've made it pretty clear. But if you don't follow my channel at all and you don't know anything about me. Um, I mean, not only do I have a hard enough time getting my thoughts out correctly, <laughs> if you take a badly worded tweet out of context, so now there's two strikes against me altogether, and now you see retro RGB, you think, you know, that reflects everybody, and that's so unprofessional, and I've tried so hard. I mean, all the mistakes I've made is still my hardest to keep my mouth shut. Like, that is, even it's, with all the stupid mistakes I've made and the things I, I should have either not said or taken the time to word differently, it's still, you know, it, it's just, that's as good as I get. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, that's something I, it you know, I, I've been trying to find a, a, the right time and place to transition everything over. With everything that's happening now, that got put on hold. But, so, when I criticize anybody about that and i criticized um i mean i, I don't uh, there's another company out there that i'm now i guess you'd say buddies with the person that i criticized because he did the same thing that i did and that's <laughs> why i just i'm okay talking about it because i i've made the same mistake so i'm not you know up on a high horse pointing down at somebody <laughs> like we're, we're doing this together but it's a mistake that we shouldn't continue to make um, mm -hmm. And my excuse is just there's already a plan in place. I just need to, other things that had to happen first. I don't know what anybody else's excuse is, and I'm certainly not going to try to speculate. But everybody who has a company shouldn't be posting as the company. And, exactly. and especially crossing any lines where you're talking about personal company business in a YouTube comment. Like, it would be different if... You know, if Bob got on your channel and was mm -hmm. like, you know, Steak, I don't agree with that last point. You're a fucking idiot or something. You know, like, <laughs> it's not a nice thing to say, but it's Bob saying it's, it. It's you, You know, exactly. not retro RGB or not whatever exactly. company it is. So, yeah, it's I, I'm trying very hard not to make that mistake anymore until I at least get, you know, switch over to only personal accounts or something. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's an important point uh, that anybody in a small business should make in any any business doesn't matter, doesn't matter if it's video game related you know it's um it's a little frustrating to me that social media rules are not real life rules so if you choose to go into social media you have to play by those rules or you're going to get eaten mm -hmm. alive and mm -hmm. there's nothing you could do about it you know it's just you know if you 
If you decide to go and take boxing lessons, you can't get mad when you're punched in the face. That's what you're there for. So it's it's the same thing. I can't get mad that uh, of any of the stuff that's happened to me on social media because it's my choice to be there. But you got to play by those rules, or you're just going to look like an ass, which which I have many times. That's why we've all made that mistake. Don't worry. That's why I want to be clear about that. I am certainly not somebody pretending they're high and mighty. You know, we're all in this together. If anything. I've learned. I, I've mostly learned to to mellow down um, after the millionth comment I've received complaining about my accent on my videos. So you know, after about after you hit that million that millionth comment, you kind of go like, ah, forget it. You know, I, I, I think <laughs> I think according to social media rules, as a straight yeah. white male American, I'm not allowed to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I always thought your accent was really charming. I always liked it, so you know, I you know, it's just kind of strange. I'm not allowed to talk about accents at all because what if I offend somebody right with that accent? But it's a compliment. So if somebody is offended that I'm complimenting your Portuguese accent, I don't know what I could possibly tell you. So. Thank you, but I, I get I get a lot of things like from you sound like Russian to I cannot stand the sound of your voice to I can't I can't understand you. I get it. I get I get the whole. Oh, and those are the nice ones. I'm, I, I'm, I'm assuming this is where we have to mind our language here, so I'm not going to say the, the worst ones. I, yeah, I, mean, I got some. I, as I say, I've gotten some really racist ones. Yeah. <laughs> those, they, they, those, well, not racist. I don't know. I don't know what Portuguese is. Whatever. Okay, xenophobic ones. I guess. I guess that's the term. Well, it's all. It's all <laughs> the same thing. And you know, maybe. I mean, I'm. I'm older. I'm. I'm 38, right? So I was there at the beginning of all of this online hatred stuff before. Before real people do what this was, us nerds were already in this. So maybe, maybe it's desensitized or something. But when I when I see a comment that's way over the top, I just it doesn't even phase me at all. Like I don't get upset. I don't care. I just I'm used. To, I'm used to it by this point. I'm very used to yeah, it. Yeah, the the really bad comments. I'm just like, well, you've made it very clear that you're not worth listening to. I'm gonna, you know, exactly. I, I ban people. I know that's also against uh, social media rules, but <laughs> I've made the choice that the comment sections of my videos, especially the weeklies, have become mm-hmm. very cool discussions about tech that's stuff. Cool. Not everybody. In fact, a lot of people that comment every week wholeheartedly disagree with a lot of my opinions but they do it in a way where they're not they're not being an asshole they're just being Mm -hmm. a person with a different opinion some people are harsher than others but that's fine i welcome that so if somebody comes in and it's like you know fuck all fat bearded americans it's like no you're you're banned (laughs) there's no part of that like you're just trying to get attention you're banging a pan and a spoon together just to try to get people to look at you when uh, adults so are talking that's why my comments won't show up on your videos okay. <laughs> sorry no no go ahead go ahead sorry <laughs> oh funny you say that a couple of my friends i i don't know how but i've accidentally banned over the years and on, on twitter that makes total sense because mute this conversation and block are next to each other yeah. and very often yeah. i'm just like <laughs> cool conversation. It's got nothing to do with me. It's just clogging up my <laughs> notifications, so I'll mute it. So a bunch of friends I've accidentally blocked, and, uh, you know, that's <laughs> embarrassing, but even a couple on YouTube, there's somebody that I talk to all the time on Discord that has helped my channel, <laughs> helped my streaming, helped my captures, somebody I hold very much respect for. And I was scrolling through, 
And I, I just wanted to check something, and I happened to see their name as blocked on my YouTube account. I'm like, how the hell did that happen? <laughs> I want to hear what this person has to say. What you know? So I don't, I don't you, even know sometimes. So you should message them and say, tell them, I'm too big for you, bro. I'm just too big for you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Stay, I don't, stay in your lane, bro. I'm not sure if we have that kind of relationship. <laughs> That's something I would totally send to Jimmy because he would know immediately what I meant by it. But yeah, I don't stay know. Stay in your lane, bro. Okay, I'm too big for you. So anybody out there, if I, if I, <laughs> if you were always uh, respectful to other people and I've blocked you, it was not on purpose. Message me. I am so sorry. If you were rude no to other people, if you were rude, if you were really rude to me, I, I usually leave the people that are just rude to me alone, but it's when, you know, I don't want other people coming in my comments and being attacked. That's not, uh, you know, YouTube forces creators to moderate their mm -hmm. comments. So yep. I would rather just either walk away from it or just turn them off because I, I have I've been working insane hours for the past two years. I don't have time for this, so they're forcing know, me to go into like... the comments. So if if you're forcing me to go into the comments, then I'm gonna make sure it's safe for the other people that are there. And there are certain <laughs> things I just never tolerate. I mean, I, I love and respect cultures from all over the world. Every everybody's unique and different. Shit, people that grow up on two different streets <laughs> in New York City have their own unique way of doing things. We're all the fucking same. We all eat shit and die. Let's all just treat each other with fucking respect. <laughs> but yeah, um, to be fair, have you ever tried like doing like a, a, a sort of video that's completely different from what you, what, what you usually, usually do? Yeah, because I tried a couple times and once it really backfired on me. Oh, what happened? I, no, no, I gotta know. I did a video that was... <laughs> I was trying to do something in the style of let's fail on purpose. So oh. you know, it was a retro bright video and I knew exactly what was going to happen, but I'd seen, I mean, there's got to be 50 to a hundred videos on how to brighten up your yellowed consoles out there. Mm, okay, and there okay. was a, there was a guy who made a video about just leaving it out in the sun and I disagreed with a lot of what he said, but it was a good interaction. It was all, I mean, I, I never said anything other than, uh, respectful and i wanted mm -hmm. to say okay let me go through and i was going to do a series of videos failing and then at the end i was going to go and, and talk to people that are much smarter than me to explain what happened and then kind of figure out the best way to do it and the moment i mean i think i i think i turned to the comments on approve only at one point or something because there were just so many people like <laughs> you're a moron others you know this other channel already did this or you know well of course <laughs> Your console's going to look like that. You're scrubbing it with a metal brush. It's like, it's a plastic brush. It was, so then I made that video where I took uh, the parts that were left over and smashed it, which is still one of my favorite videos I've ever made, by the way. And, and I had people lose their minds over that. I, really? Yeah, I lost a couple of Patreon supporters. A couple, really? Yeah, pe you know, people were up in arms, and I'm like, man, I'm the guy that started hashtag no cut mod. Like, I'm the one that's been trying to save these consoles. Don't you think I would have only used a console that doesn't have a single piece that's uh, that's salvageable on it? Salvageable. And by the way, didn't you appreciate the thousand frame per second slow motion shots of what it looks like? Like, any nerd might, would at least take a look at that and be like, oh, neat. Like, awesome. So yeah, that one backfired on me big time. And um, at some point, I mean, I have... I you know back there I got a guitar and a, a bass. Mm -hmm. I'm not a bassist. I just keep it here in case I need to record a bass part. But uh, those are sorry, yeah. <laughs> but I mean I don't even have time to play guitar anymore. And that's something I mean, I've been doing that 
almost my whole life. So it, it, when I somehow figure out a way to get more time in my life, uh, I will be going back I, to doing I, some I music stuff, and I will also be opening another channel to put the silly things that don't have a place <laughs> on retro RGB are, are different stuff like that. And I genuinely don't care if nobody watches it. It's this is for me. Fair. So. I do think it's worth experimenting. I, I've done some experiments on my channel. And yeah, sometimes they completely fail. I'm still very sad that one of my favorite videos, um, nobody watched it. Like, Which absolutely one? no. Okay, the reason why nobody watched it was, was the title because it, it, it was basically a prank video. It was supposed to be an unboxing video of a, of a JRPG. I think it was an. Um, oh, how do I say this word in English? Uh, do you know the Atelier series? I think so. The JRPG? Okay. There's one the one of the Atelier games. I bought the collector's edition. And on the back of the box, this is a game that came out for the PS4 or PS3, whatever. And the, the art on the back of the box, I was like, yeah, I don't feel comfortable with this. This is to, um, you, know how in the, you know how Japanese uh, an, anime styles like to over-sexualize sometimes very minor-looking characters? Yeah. Um, I was like, this is making me a bit uncomfortable. So I basically did a video mocking that where I was unboxing the game, showing, oh, there, there's a manual, the, the disc, whatever. Then I turn the box around, and the police start calling and banging on my door, <laughs> and I start running. <laughs> that video exists. Nobody watched it. I, oh. I, I still feel sad over it. Oh, but on funny. the other hand, some of, some of my most popular videos have been like experiments I've made on the whim, like um, yeah. my Golden X video, which people still, still talk to about this day. And they call it one of one of their favorite videos, one of their favorite videos I've ever made. And um, recently, I reviewed video games in cartoons, basically video, video games that do not exist, but they exist within the cartoon. Like Batman was was playing a video game, for example, in Batman the Animated Series. Um, the video game in that cartoon episode does not exist, and I'm like, okay, so Batman is playing on on an Atari, so the graphics are like this or whatever, and people really enjoy that video. Except YouTube, because then YouTube issued a copyright strike. Oh. But whatever. <laughs> but the thing about experimenting is sometimes you get absolute flops, and I've gotten them. Other times you get you you basically discover a new a new a new um, a new niche you didn't even know existed. And I discovered I have to make more videos where I review non-existent video games. I just I just need the time for it. It's worth trying. Yeah, one of my, I think my biggest video was an experiment. I, I basically said, mm -hmm. well, um, I got a green screen and I want to make sure I know how to use it. So let me take mm -hmm. something that, you know, that I'm not going to, I know I'm not going to spend a hundred hours on because many times I get sucked into these projects and I think, all right, I'm going to spend two <laughs> days on it and, you know, a month later. But, um, and I set everything up and every, all, the, all the facts in there are correct. I mean, it's mm -hmm. not like I, I didn't half-ass it or anything, but I, it was an experiment just to see like, hey, let me just do a video on Dreamcast stuff and include green screen footage and, and go from there. And that got quarter of a million views. And I'm like, wow, that's, it's pretty Damn. interesting. I mean, for me personally, I'm though, like, I just, um, <laughs> and this might be a selfish thing to say, and I'm, I'm totally okay with it, but I have to spend time on stuff that I love doing. <laughs> Agreed. Because Agreed. the amount of money that RetroRGB, especially the YouTube channel, brings in pennies. I mean, I could just go 
shovel shit in the street and make more money than this. So I have to love what I'm doing. Otherwise, I'm just going to go back to I make to $30 it. off of YouTube, so yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, I make... It's way in the red for me. Yeah, I make almost almost nothing off of that. But, I mean, it's, you know, it's <laughs> different, though, because also YouTube is what brings more people into the website, what introduces Agreed. more people. So it's, it's worth it for me to do. I just, you know, I, I definitely... I only have two speeds, on or off. <laughs> I don't know how to pace myself. I, no, so. no, I agree. Yeah, I had the same issue, and like, I wanted to do a video for April's Fools, which I which I ended up not doing. Though I am afraid I might, I would have ended up in um, offending some YouTuber friends. But though that was really not the not the purpose. Basically, the video would have been like like a ten minute long video where I, I, I'd be saying things like, "Oh, this video was sponsored by Raids." Uh, Raid Shadow Dollar Shave Club. <laughs> Do you want to order razors? Then go to yeah. stamps.com and order like just ten where I where I just make make a, a huge jumble of all of those major advertisement uh, advertisers that YouTubers promote, like Dollar Shave Club, uh, Raid Shadow Legends, the uh, Hello Fresh, and, and I like and and I, I and I, I just mix them all up. Like I'd say, Hello Fresh delivers razors to your door. Raid Shadow Legends. Is uh, whatever is is like is like food you, you you cook on on your stove, it, it'd be like a huge skit. But then I, I noticed, I realized I didn't have the manpower to do that. It it, it would require more like, at least uh, two other people to help me with uh, set up the video, and and, it, and it's just me. Yeah, that stuff's funny too. But don't don't forget that the bigger your channel gets, that the more mm -hmm. the more that stuff affects people. Like there was a a bigger YouTuber yeah. that that tweeted something about. <laughs> something really mean about people who have patreon exclusive discords like oh so they you're forcing people to pay you to have a discord and it's I, I messaged them privately i was like dude what the fuck are you doing man like that's a really awful thing to say and he was very like what are you talking about i, don't, I didn't mean it that way i'm like yeah you might not have meant it that way but like you got a that's huge true. following so am I going to open up my inbox tomorrow and find, like, you know, a bunch of people left because, you know, th this one person who's famous said, like, you know, uh, that stuff happens. And it's just, he didn't get it, it at true. all. But I was just like, look, man, if you think I'm being a dick, that's fine. But, like, it's... Well, thankfully... Thankfully, nobody knows I exist yet, so I've got that going for me. Well, I mean, you don't have a huge following, but I think the people that are subscribed to you really appreciate the stuff that you do, and I, I really hope that that starts to grow. It is, it is but like um, it's not a huge following, but it is true. I I, I am glad that I have a very a very loyal community. So I, it, it definitely did not seem like it, it, yeah, I wasn't trying to 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 to, to pretend that I to to attack my community or anything. That they're good people, but it's it's just I like making fun of my own community sometimes. And if you go to Discord, they're always cracking jokes at me and, and I back at them. Like like I actually I, uh, the, the one of one of the running jokes on my Discord is that I'm the Russian bot who sabotaged the U.S. elections. <laughs> so that's... That, and my, my, my community will actually play on that, so it's fine. <laughs> if it's all in fun, and it's in context, too. If, it, if people are saying that to you on your Discord channel, that's funny. <laughs> exactly. They're obviously in on the joke, then. It's not like they're up on Reddit making a post about it or something, so... Which, to be fair, it has happened. Like, yeah. uh, uh, um, there was a guy who used to be my friend, but we haven't spoken in a while, and then I realized he made a parody account uh, uh, of my of my YouTube channel, where he basically just kept making like really mean spirited jokes after we have we've stopped we've stopped talking for like months. So 
It was not so nice. Not, not as nice there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, unfortunately, that's just what you're going to get, though. It is true. It is. But, oh, well. Yeah. Um, have um, you had your content stolen? Have you had people re-upload your videos? As far as I know, I haven't. But it is funny you mentioned that because I actually created a second channel where uh, the only thing I do is I upload my gameplay footage. And the idea is to create like a sort of a video game library that content creators can use without uh, needing to, to, to you know, use, uh, credit someone or being accused of stealing footage like, like it's here, use it, whatever, I don't care. That's really awesome. I, I just haven't promoted it yet because I don't, I don't feel it has enough content there yet. But that's kind of the purpose of that second channel. Just like video game library footage. Use it. Whatever. It's yours. That's really cool. I've, there's a few people I know that have done <laughs> things like that that I think it's really awesome. So, yeah. Like, because sometimes I am in need of video game footage as well. And I don't want to have to go to play the game just to use, like, maybe 30 seconds of footage. So, it's kind of like my way of uh, of um, giving to the to, to the to the creator community. I, I feel I feel it. I feel it it's better for everyone if, if we help each other. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more, but you're also talking to somebody who's had their stuff stolen since day one. Oh. My, my favorite was, it's a site that oh. doesn't exist anymore, but somebody copied and pasted a full guide. And that's what made Jesus. me go, um, and it was something I worked pretty hard on, and that's what made me watermark all the pictures. Okay. on. And okay. I don't think I'm doing that anymore, and I'm certainly <laughs> going to take the steps to never do that again. But this was... This was right, you know, this is three years into the website, you know, I didn't, no one really knew it was me, they just knew a site called RetroRGB, mm-hmm. and uh, when I, when, when I watermarked the pictures, you know, I, I downloaded the image directory, mm-hmm. sent them through an auto watermark, you know, re-uploaded, uh, like, changed the name, re-uploaded them, so it was the same file path, and that way I didn't have to go edit everything. Oh. Whoever copied and pasted the page didn't bother to, to actually download the page and re-uploaded it. So all of the links that they stole now had watermarked pictures on it saying retro RGB. So when it comes to blogs, it's much trickier because a friend of mine has a blog, and he then discovered somebody was stealing the images of his games and putting them on eBay and pretending they were, they were selling the game. Ugh. So so they they could yeah. So he started doing watermarks after that uh, for fear that people might be might be um, might be. Uh, uh, I'm missing the word in English. Damn it! They might be, uh, you know, they might be stolen. They might be um, fooled on eBay. It's not, it's not the right word. But no, I I, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I've definitely had people use my guides and pictures on their eBay auctions mm-hmm. and make it seem like the the mods came from me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I've I've tried to reach out to those people and I never hear back. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's just it's part of the game, right? It just it's very frustrating because. You know, my goal is not to be a YouTuber. My goal is to run retro mm-hmm. RGB, hopefully to grow the collaborations that that does and, and make a site with videos attached to it that, that is there forever that people could reference. And, you know, the news stuff is, is it, it, I think it's really beneficial to everybody. It's not, you mm-hmm. know, a news post that I write today about a pre-order opening tomorrow is useless the day after the pre-order opens, but <laughs> it's still something that's kind of kind of cool, but it just... The amount of thievery from it drives me crazy. So I know that, like, if I wanted to be a YouTuber, I could, I'd upload a single video a day and make sure there's drama in every one of them, and you know, make oh, sure God. that I have a thumbnail where I'm pointing at the thing, and I'm, you know, and 
And it's just, it's, it's frustrating that that can get a good thumbnail, some drama, and some bullshit can get more clicks than a lot of real uh, content. But it mm-hmm. frustrates me even more. Where There's a few channels, and I get, I almost wish my friends wouldn't, because it, it, it does nothing but aggravate me. But on a regular <laughs> basis, my friends will message me and be like, hey, dude, look at this video. Like, this person's, like, reading your post off of the website, word for word, as they're making their own video on it, pretending it's Jesus, theirs. They, really? they even used the wrong pronunciation, or the, um, the the wrong grammatical error that you wrote. They even said the wrong <laughs> thing the way you wrote it. And I'm like, ugh. And there's, there's one, one of them has almost 100,000 views, and he does it regularly, or uh, subscribers. Oh. And it's like, I mean, what am I going to do? Like... Uh, you can't get, you can't copyright strike those because you can't. There's mm-hmm. no automated thing for that. So I could try to file a lawsuit, which the first thing a channel like that would do, of course, is play off the drama, and now it would come flying back at me like, look at this evil person trying to kill my channel. They're, he's just jealous because I have more subscribers, and it's like, so you can't do anything. You gotta just eat shit and not say a word about it. But so what I need to do is basically make a video after the interview is out saying you twisted my words. This is not what I meant in this interview. <laughs> and how dare you, Bob from Metro RGB? How dare you? If you army, go right there and then and, and then follow this. Guy. I think you and Yahel <laughs> should do that video together. <laughs> I think that would be amazing. I would love that so much. <laughs> but once again, that I mean, CDI sycophant? I don't think so. Sega Seven for life, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's a joke. Me, me Yahel. Actually, me, Yahel, and and um. Oh God! I'm terrible with names. Um, oh, Jimmy, Jimmy Hopper. Yeah. But me and Jimmy Hopper are Team Sega Saturn, and Yagel is Team CDI, and we're always, we're always making, making fun of each other. So this, this is the <laughs> truth. This is not a joke. I'm not being sarcastic. <laughs> this actually happened. But um, okay. my, my buddy Chris from Belgium got me a CDI. Uh, of top nice. loading to replace I had to sell off all my stuff like two years ago so I, I got uh... it, almost all of it back and he said hey it's console only uh, is that okay I was like yeah it's fine that's you know I, I very much appreciate it so I went looking on eBay and you know every couple of days I would search for power supply for CDI all that stuff and mm-hmm. one day an auction appeared for a CDI with a controller the MPEG card and the power supply and it was like 200 bucks, but it was for everything. So it ended up nice. being cheaper. So I was like, all right, screw it. Now I have a PAL and an NTSC CDI. Neither of them will read discs. I wanted to do a live stream with Yahel playing CDI, and oh. neither of them read discs. So, yeah, so I have to find the time to fix one of them and then, and then do that. But I have a theory regarding live streams, and that's Murphy's Law. If something can go wrong during a live stream, it will... And at the absolute worst moment, always. Yeah, I mean, that's... But that's... Uh, for me, like, when I played in bands, like, that was just a normal occasion for me. Like, that was just, you know, you're going to have stuff happen. You're going to have... Uh, I mean, one show, we had a sound guy that he was... I don't know what drugs he was on. He was, you know, an older gentleman, so it wasn't like a kid that just, like, did too much blow or something. But he was on some severe drugs, and it, he kept just leaving. So mid set, like everything would be going good, but like anybody that knows sound knows, you got a room full of people. Yep. There, were, you know, everybody goes to the bar between songs. Now the sound changes, and there's feedback when there wasn't. He's just gone. So like I'm, I'm walking off the Jesus. stage, like <laughs> like adjusting the thing on the soundboard. He comes back at the end, like before the last song, he just starts screaming at me randomly, and I just like you know the the singer in the band's like, what the fuck 
that was that was one of the worst but when you're used to when you're physically standing there with a bunch of people watching you fail miserably like you either crumble and you never do it again or you just learn how to deal with that live it's just you know it's just one of those things and i for whatever reason like the thought of that happening gives me so much anxiety but in the moment i'm just like well Look, we're here. <laughs> Let's just deal with it. So, the thing is, it's not the thought of what happening that gives me anxiety. It's not it happening that gives me anxiety. It's the thought of somebody filming it, putting it on YouTube or Facebook or whatever, and then becoming viral. That's the one that that's the one that gives me anxiety. So that doesn't that's... bother me. Taking it out of context bothers me. Mm-hmm. So like that, okay. like I got into an argument, and they were right, by the way. But I got into an argument with my bandmates about that same incident because at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, we, we, you know, we stopped playing, I unplugged my guitar, and the sound guy starts yelling at me again, and I was just, I just laid into him, uh, and I just, because I don't, like, I, I'm not a tough guy, I don't fight, I don't like fighting, any of that stuff, I had to do that way too much as a kid, but like, you know, I, I just, I'm not going to take, I'm not going to take shit like that, like, that's not, I didn't earn that, I said please and thank you to everybody there, I tipped the bartenders like crazy, like, we did a great show, we didn't miss a note, like, I don't deserve to get screamed at because you're on drugs, and I'm fine with drugs, by the way, but do your fucking job, right? So I yelled back, and afterwards, the people in the, I was in the band with were like, look, man, we saw what happened. Nobody else in the crowd did. So all these people know is that there was feedback the whole show, and then they saw you light up at the sound guy. They didn't see him disappear. They didn't see him twitching on whatever drugs he was on. They didn't see any of that other stuff. And that's the stuff that bothers me. The out of context, like if if no uh, one did, but if someone yeah, just yeah. had a video of me screaming at the sound guy after the show's over, they could create whatever narrative they wanted. They could have just said, "Look at this, you know, loudmouth guitarist yelling at this poor and sound then, guy." And yeah, that it's was true. And then me. and then Eli would, would write a better review of you on, on that <laughs> magazine of his. That's that's true. Okay, now now oh. I see the piece. Now everything's coming together. Now I see it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, that's that shit's happened to me. I mean, I think it happens to most people, but that uh, for whatever mm. reason, that out of context style stuff has happened to me my whole life. Uh. I remember from like, it's like you know, the bully every single day, you know, smacks you in the back of the head, pushes you in the bushes, yeah. you know, yeah. does something, and one day you just turn around and crack him right in the face, and you look up, and there's teachers. And now the bully's and crying, the going, yeah. I was just standing here. And next thing you know, like, parents are called, like, I saw the whole thing. That guy didn't do anything. Bob just hit him right in the face. And it's like, it's not at all what happened. You, that is what you saw. You're not lying. That is exactly what you saw. But that's not what happened. It's stuff like that. I'm always, I guess I've always been a sucker for that stuff. So I, uh, I, I guess sometimes I, I haven't learned how to, how to figure that one out, but. That same scenario has always bugged me. Basically, you should try my strategy, which which is don't have parents. That way they can't call you. (laughs) They can't call. I'm kidding. I I do have parents. That's funny. (laughs) I'm kidding. Yeah, I had a few of those as a kid. That was brutal. Yeah, I also had a few of those parents. Yeah, they, they they were brutal. Um, sorry. <laughs> no, it was odd for me too. Cause I was like, I was the fat annoying kid. So a bunch of times, like oh. I totally deserved to get bullied a hundred percent. You know, I wish I was a different, I wish I was different. I wish I wasn't so weird, but like a lot of those beatings I took were like, help me be, be yourself, a somewhat man. like better person to be around. So that's the other reason why it bugged me so much is the times that I got in trouble for doing the right thing. 
Like that, you know, it's it was double time for me because it's like, no, this was the right move. Like, it's like, come on. First point, be yourself. Second point, find that bully. Show him how many followers you have on YouTube, and go like, <laughs> I'm rich, man. I'm rich, bitch. I'm ri- I'm rich. Oh. I don't what do you, I don't care. I'm rich. See, you know, if they're not a YouTuber, <laughs> how are they going to know? It, it's funny too that I think I just talked about this with the hell on his stream, but um, there's a lot of people that have a different perception of what what income mm-hmm. you make from YouTube. And oh, even somebody I know, like somebody I've known for a few years made a comment a couple months ago, like, well, you got the YouTube thing going, you're doing fine, right? I'm like, do you no. have any idea how much YouTube channels pull in? Like, unless you're that person doing Pennies. the daily show, like you're not, you're not, that's not, that's not even beer you're, money. Like, what are you doing? You're, like, you're making pennies, literally. And that's not counting how much money you invest on YouTube, like buying your your, yeah. your microphone or the video games to, for the videos or the recording devices. That's that's a cost money. Yeah, I've um, I, I've been pretty lucky in that most of the equipment I've bought for this, <laughs> I, I've you know, I've either used every day, so paying full price is fine, or I found good deals, mm-hmm. or you know, I'll list it on the YouTube store and tweet about it, and people will buy it, knowing that like they could nice. probably get it a, a better deal elsewhere, but it's still cheaper than new. But they want to support. Like I'm very grateful for that's for awesome, all of that. Man. So I'm able to to turn around a bunch of things and figure out what's best for me and anybody watching, like I switched over to my GH five for the me shots. Cause I just kept the, um, you know, not to, not to completely nerd out off topic, but anybody that shoots video the way I do, if you could have a keyboard and mouse control of the camera, life just gets infinitely easier. So that's why I'm selling my Sony camera because I love the Epos Vox just did a video on a similar model about how much he loves it too, but you can't control it with your computer while while doing the capturing through a capture card thing. So it's uh I'm literally using a two thousand and three fifty dollar webcam. So not even that in fifty, but maybe thirty dollars or twenty dollar webcam. So there's a bit of a difference, a bit of a gap there. Yeah. I mean I would never have spent this much money on a camera just for the me shots. You all know what the fuck I look like. Like I'm not worth a thousand dollar camera or something or two thousand dollar whatever. But it's the same camera that I use for all the really important like um <laughs> Like, anytime I take footage of a CRT, that's when I needed mm-hmm. a camera that can frame lock to no, that stuff. Sense. And it's like, look, I spent all the money on the camera. Why not just use it for everything? So that, that's why no, I switched I, over. I, I completely agree. I'm just, I'm just teasing you. Yeah, and, but uh, I mean, like... respectfully, your videos don't need a super high-quality camera. I mean... Yeah, but when I when I film myself, I tend to notice, like, uh, black marks on the on, on the footage. Um, I, I use my, my phone. So that's why it's not 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 that's such a great quality. Phone cameras are great nowadays, <clears throat> and it really bothers me. Like when I see those black marks on 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 the video, uh, I've tried hiding them with filters and whatnot, but I can only do so much basically. Hmm. So I'm I'm actually in the market for a camera just so that at least it won't show those black marks, which really really bother me. Well, we'll talk I afterwards because should... I can make some recommendations for you on uh, on your depending on your setup and stuff like that. And I'm confident making the recommendations because <laughs> I've made a lot of wrong wrong purchases <laughs> in order to learn this. So, and I should probably buy a new microphone as well. I'm still using a Blue Snowball, which by now people have told me, "No, nah, dude, you gotta upgrade. Blue Snowball is like the basic stuff. You got you gotta get some something better." 
get a Yeti or get a yeah, whatever. Yeah, so the, the thing that I noticed <laughs> is the snowball to the Yeti was a very big jump mm-hmm. in quality. I actually bought the Yeti mm-hmm. first, and then while it was still in the return period, I bought the snowball. And, eh. mm-hmm. um, yeah. But the, the Rode Procaster, that's the one that... Because I have a very, I mean, I'm right by a window looking out at Manhattan, so like I'm, it's constant noise here, and mm-hmm. for whatever reason, that was better than even more expensive mics because it just cuts out a lot of the background noise. So that you know, it really depends on your setup, but mic mic choice is very important, and it's different. In most cases, it's going to be different for everybody, unless you're in a soundproof room and then just get what mm-hmm. all the pros get and whatever, you know. But yeah, no, 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 no soundproof, like a really regular house here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been meaning to upgrade my stuff. Mostly, I'm just kind of waiting. Um, basically, I'm leaving my Patreon alone and hoping it collects enough, enough, uh, it builds enough, enough uh, of an income for me to to get a better camera or a better uh, microphone, or you know whatever comes first, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I would do microphone first, just because that's okay. your voice is in every episode. So, like, you want to make sure True. it's always as good as makes possible. Makes sense. I'll send you some tricks too. Epo's Fox, man. Uh, I'm so lucky that that guy is patient with me because not only do I watch every video that's uh, uh, relevant to what I do, mm-hmm. but a couple times I've asked him for help on things, and he's always been very gracious with me. So I could, I'll just oh, pass yeah, along awesome. his tips to you. And uh, <laughs> it's one of these very thing, one of these things where it adds like five minutes to your post processing but the it's a pretty big difference in quality so here's what you should do read his comment in a video and including his spelling mistakes like like just just steal his content basically just just do it (laughs) he's he's one of those unique people where i don't think i don't think you could really steal his content same with uh john from digital foundry like in the interview i did with him he just told me how he makes his videos and told me how he does mm-hmm. the the rendering and stuff and it's kind of like Michael Jordan right Michael Jordan could walk you every step through a dunk but you're not going to listen to that and go dunk <laughs> like, <laughs> so yeah i find that with people that are really the, the the top of their game they have no problem telling their secrets because it's like mm-hmm. Either you're going to do just as good as them and they have another peer to talk to, or you're going to try and it's going to be good, but you're not going to take any views away from them. So, Makes sense. Uh, that completely makes sense. Although if, if, if uh, I was assumed like Michael Jordan giving you tips would be, no, I just throw the ball and it lands right where it should be. I don't know. I don't know. It, it just happened. See, look, there it is again. It, it just happened. I don't know how. Yeah, just saying. Depends on the person. I know. I know a few people <laughs> like that actually, especially in the music world. I knew a few drummers that were just like, I, I knew a few that were super technical and could explain everything, and a few others that are like, you talk, you know, music theory with them, and they're like, <laughs> I, I hit things. What are you talking about? And they're, you know, they're still one of the best I've ever seen in my life. So, That's amazing. some people just do. They, they don't even think about it. <laughs> so what what do you have coming up in the pipeline that you're okay talking about i don't want to, to spoil anything for new well releases. i have a lot of ideas usually my issue is time um there's another mega drive game i want to review over uh the game is technically not even out yet but but i was sent the rom uh called oh how, I, how do i say this a cargis revolution a cargis yeah it's it's basically a mode seven like game on the sega genesis yeah which is very uncommon for the system I believe Ray did, oh. <laughs> Rare where Smoke Monster did a write-up of that mm-hmm. on, the, on the site at one point. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yes, he did. I was hoping to get the like an actual review copy of the physical game, but they were like, you know, we want to send it to you, but they're not ready. And with the whole Corona thing, we're not sure when this is actually going to be ready now. 
And like, okay, yeah, that, that's fair. That, that's more than fair, actually. So I, I want to review that. I also want to go back to some Portuguese gaming history because uh, and talk about a. Um, you know how Yahel did a, a game show recently? Uh, did a video about Nick um, Arcade, that, yeah. Nick Arcade, there you go. Um, there's a game show, a, a video game game show we had in Portugal, which is. I don't know how else to describe it other than it, it was just complete lunacy. Basically, it was set in a post-apocalyptic future. Um, the the host the host was like this chick dressed in leather bondage gear. They they strap kids like into cage matches and then and then they they literally strap their arms and they couldn't move. And I'm like, you know, this might be a video game themed um, themed um, uh, game show. But there's a lot of uh, BDSM overtones in this thing, and this was for children. Like, I gotta talk about this because nobody knows this exists. It's it's just so weird. That's hysterical. So, yeah. Also, when the, when when the when the kid loses in the game show, he dies. Like like canonically, he literally dies. They, they don't even try to mask it. Like, okay, so we're gonna send them into the into the overworld where he's gonna be devoured by the main bad guy, and and then they do this animation, and, and the kid and the the contestant is dead. So like if he was your neighbor or friend, that kid is dead now because he lost at Virtual Fighter or he lost at Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat. Yeah, that's like, funny. I'm looking forward to that video. Like I want to make that clear. The only the, the the issue is, and this is what I have the hardest part is, because it's a Portuguese game show, it's difficult to show footage or clips, um, and the viewer understanding what is going on. So I, I'll have to write subtitles. But even with the with the subtitles, I don't know how how obvious or how 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 it will come across if it's understandable. If there's anybody that can pull it biggest. off, it's definitely you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try it, but that that's the hardest part. And I'm also trying to do a documentary on the Ultima series by Richard Garriott. Neat. Basically, I have a theory that the reason why Ultima died wasn't so much EA. But it was Richard Garriott, so not a lot of Ultima fans will, will will be happy with that one. But I'm gonna I'm gonna try and back up my claims, and hopefully not get burned on an effigy. That's pretty interesting. Now the um, <laughs> the game Acaris Revolution. You said they were sending you a ROM before that they uh, before you're able to buy the actual cartridge, right? Yeah. So exactly. um, it's my opinion, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on this as well. But it's mm -hmm. my opinion in a scenario like that. If you get the ROM first and it's not quite finished and there's bugs, that's totally cool. Just now you're now you've just uh, you know signed up to be a beta tester and review it at the same time. <laughs> like as long as everybody's you know upfront about that, I I think that's totally I cool. Agree. So I agree that is true. And um, honestly, even even um, just just and I'm I'm totally okay with that. So just it, 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 this also happened with Pico. They they actually they actually told me. Would you like to test some of our future releases? And I'm like, you know, I have no way of putting them on a console because I don't have a flash drive. But um, if you submit the ROMs, I can put them on an emulator for whatever that counts. But I'll probably also have to do like at least a preview video or something just so I also have some, something, something to talk about. And if a game has bugs, and like you said, it's not out yet, they, and if I find them, that's actually a good thing, I believe, because it means I discovered a bug that didn't know it existed, and hopefully, it'll be fixed before before you know before people actually buy the game. Yeah, absolutely. That's something too, so, where yeah. like um, a, a lot of people I've worked with have sent me beta hardware to test, 
um, mm-hmm. before it goes on sale. And I'm always incredibly happy to help bug fix, to help do it, you know, mm-hmm. whatever time allows. I mean, in a perfect world, I would actually love to spend all day long just testing other people's stuff and helping them work <laughs> it. But that's not how life works, of course. But, um, but uh, yeah, that, you know, it, when it comes to small, small companies, you know, single developer type of stuff, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy helping out. And I, it seems like you do too, as well. It's only when like, uh, like a company company asks you to do that. And it's like, you have a, an R and D department. Come on. I'll t- like, all right, I'll, I'll sign up as a contractor. Fine. But like, you know, you're paying me for this. I'm not dropping 30 hours of my time because you don't want to pay your R and D better. Like, so. exactly. That's actually a bit of an issue. I always have with like, um, paid betas or, or, or get like, like when people, okay, this is going back a little bit. Like when people bought a Crackdown or Crackdown 2 for the Xbox so they could play a beta of Halo, Halo 3 and Halo Reach, I believe. And I'm like, you know, this means people are actually paying to, to beta test the game. Yeah. You're te- like, they're supposed to be professional people who do that. And you're technically putting them out of a job. And they might, I don't know. It, it just seemed weird to me. Yes. Like you're paying to beta test the game. It seemed. It seemed very, very weird from a from a ethical standpoint. Yeah, I mean that's you know that's how unfortunately a lot of these companies operate. Mm-hmm. Hey, you um you mentioned earlier that you uh, you worked in the game industry for a few years. Would you be able to talk about that at all, or is that like sure, okay. sure? It was a, it absolutely it was a very it was a very indie studio. Um, they they were big fans of point and click adventure games, hmm. uh, mostly. Um, are you familiar Hold with on, could you could my... you repeat that um you you're oh, sorry yeah for anybody obviously we're on skype so unfortunately there's <laughs> going to be cutouts we're going to talk over each other now and then you know just unfortunately no we wanted to do this in person at prge but with that canceled now it's like uh we got to just make do with a crappy skype interview instead so yeah and 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 going from portugal to the u.s is also really expensive i've learned that the hard way yeah. <laughs> still waiting for for my return on my, on my plane ticket oh. Because I had bought the plane ticket for PR for PRG, um, so so like the, the the game company was called Phoenix Online Studios. They were big fans of Sierra Online. Uh, are you, how familiar are you with their point and click adventure games? I loved like, them as a kid, and then I just the older I got, the more I liked playing guitar, beer, well, and, and other stuff. More. Did you ever play Gabriel Knight, for example? Oh, that sounds so familiar. Okay. Well, the, they were the company who did the 20th anniversary uh, edition of Gabriel Knight. They they had also done like a, a fan game of King's Quest called King's Quest Nine: The Silver Lining. Oh, neat. and a few other and a few other adventure games, basically. And I I was I was very freshly out of college back then, so I was like their social media intern, marketing intern, and basically. The only reason why I didn't get them coffee was because I was working from Portugal. Or otherwise, I'd be the guy getting coffee as right. well. Um, and it was cool because I, I got to see like um, how how basically how the video game industry worked. Although it was from a from an indie indie developer stand from a point of view. Although indie enough to have like fifteen people working, so not not a not a the smallest indie out there. Um, and it was cool because I got to I got to to meet like I got to meet Jane Jensen who was the creator of Gabriel Knight. The some, I got to meet some some people who worked on on um, Space Quest on on King's Quest. So to me that was that was freaking awesome. That is really cool. Um, with that said, like at one 
like, and like the games were all basically a point-and-click adventure game inspired by Sierra. But eventually it got to a point where they were like, um, well, the Gabriel Knight remake didn't do too well, so we need to downsize, and that was basically the end of it. I have been thinking of contacting them again, because I know at one point they were going to do a Gabriel Knight 4, which uh, I don't know if anyone watching is a Gabriel Knight fan, it, uh, but... At one point, the fourth game in this, in the, in this series was um, at least in development, and I'd like to make a video about it because I don't think anybody outside of that company actually knows uh, that existed. Um, and it'd be cool because, okay, like like it's not as big as Monkey Island, for example, but it is a really nostalgic uh, point-and-click adventure series that I that I enjoyed as a kid, and, and sadly. It's been mostly forgotten, mostly because Sierra Online has been dead for a long time. Hmm. Uh, but working for the video game industry, well, I think the, mo- the most the most interesting um, the most interesting uh, knowledge or, or lesson I've learned is how easily people tend to blame or attack the marketing departments of, of gaming companies. Like, oh, this is a marketing stunt, or. The game is more expensive because of marketing, or they chose this cover in its series because of marketing. Oh, marketing did that. And, and after working there for three years, I'm like, oh, so that's why marketing does this. Or, or like, um, people are people are attacking marketing, but this has nothing to do with the marketing department. And yeah, I've thought about like doing a video once, like. Um, basically uh, um, like uh, demyst- demystifying or, or clearing a lot of misconceptions that people have with marketing within video games like they will often accuse electronic arts with reason for many from for, for many reasons and they'll say oh the reason why star wars battlefront 2 has all these dlc options was marketing and i'm like actually no most likely it was either the sales department or it came from from the from the actual higher reps or the project managers not not the marketing department, because this has very little to do with marketing, actually. Um, so I'd like to, to, to uh, at one point at least, try to demystify some of those, some of those, those uh, misconceptions. Yeah, I think those are always good. I mean, there's always the, um, you know, there's always the tinfoil hat flat earther crowd that's not going to believe anything. But I do think that it's important that people always give some kind of behind the scenes into stuff, and it's just, mm-hmm. uh, you know. I, I don't want to go too far off topic here, but I, I see a lot of these people now posting videos of like, you know, look at CBS. They're using footage from an Italian hospital and saying it's from New York. And, you know, this is a conspiracy. And why are they doing it? And it's like, no, I know exactly why they're doing it. They have some intern that they're not paying saying, hey, we need hospital footage. And they're like, all right, you want me to go to the hospital? Well, you're not allowed Basically. in. Well, all right, let me Google hospital footage and stick it in Basically. this, you know, two second segment. And that's it. And it's just, I, I wish there was more behind-the-scenes stuff like that, because I think, me, you know, just admitting, like, hey, we were lazy, we needed to get the segment out. It's not the let, right let answer. Give, <laughs> let, let me give a very good example. Have you ever seen the uh, somebody say, oh, the reason why this game didn't sell was poor marketing. If Ubisoft uh, had a proper marketing for this game, it would have sold at least twice as much. And from my perspective, I'd be like, well... First of all, marketing isn't just good marketing; doesn't just fall from trees. Like it's supposed to be like a, a, a long, a long journey. You can't you can't just suddenly two months before the launch of the game start putting out ads and expecting good sales. You have to you have to um, you have to create a, a sort of 
communication journey maybe as far as far uh, maybe as far as far uh, as far back as the the first day of development for example like posting teasers or whatever and that can be difficult if your marketing teams are stretched maybe they maybe you have like five people promoting 15 games and something falls through the cracks for example another point is that good marketing is expensive like the interviews or advertisements or, or the, the the designs and you as the company manager administrator director whatever might have to think okay so i've got a, a budget of maybe two million i gotta divide this across maybe 20 projects uh how should i divide this because i can't do it equally i have to decide which one is going to bring the most the most the most results and that's the sort of thing why it sometimes leads up to lead up to a game like almost having a stealth launch or people not even knowing it's out. Is it is it is it is it is it good that this happens? No, it's not good, but we don't live in an in an ideal world and people usually have to have to split resources. That's the sort of thing I'd like to one day talk about, but you know, I, I don't know how much of a of a, an interest is there in this or or it's all, it, it can also be very technical. It can also end up feeling more like you're watching a, a college a college lecture rather than, than you know rather than, than watching a YouTube video, so that's why I, I didn't go too far into this idea yet. You know what might be a good way to do that then, which would be a lot less effort for you as well, is just to find somebody that works in the marketing department of a, mm -hmm. a current game studio and just have a conversation. That's a good point, actually. That's a really good. That's a really good idea. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, that's. I should look into that. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that I. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I really want to do. That it's just mm -hmm. every video is like minimum twenty hours worth of work. You know, mm -hmm. not the weeklies. The you know the fancier stuff that I do, and it's just. Um, I could just do an interview in a lot of them and it would be fine, but I, I feel like it deserves the treatment. And there's a few that are the opposite. Like I don't. I think the same amount of people would care if it was a super, you know, high production video or if it was just exactly what we're doing here. So yeah. I just, you know, there, there are certain things that I, I feel like just getting the conversation out is good enough. But yeah, a lot of times I'm like, I have this great idea, but it's going to require a lot of time. So I'll just do a, a regular review instead. It's, it's, it's much faster. And I actually get something out because YouTube has the issue of you need to put a video out like, at least once every two weeks and I'm not even managing that right now I'm managing like once every three weeks so I'm clearly not following a good budget right now well there are algorithm changes budget. all the time and it's all based True. upon rules surrounded by people who make YouTube, who, who try to make YouTube their full time job so it's not mm -hmm. and there's no way to flag anything else I, I think that should be you know I don't I've never written a complex algorithm before so maybe I am completely talking out of my ass here but I just I think it wouldn't be too hard to be able to integrate something where you could just tell people like like well, this is a normal one of my videos or you know hey this yeah. one's a really high production video you know this <laughs> one's important like you know there should be some kind of way uh, to do this without any human interaction where you could just tell the algorithm like Hey, and you know this is something that more people might care about. Or if you're a channel that's mm -hmm. only putting out one video a month or, or four videos a year, that should be looked at. It, there's got to be some way to scan that video and say, do they put out four videos a year because they're sharing a video of their cat with their mom? Or do they put four videos out a year because they're four really high-quality videos that not many people might subscribe to them but more people want to see? There's got to be some better way to do it. 
because it just. I agree. The, the, I don't know the, for for a billion dollar company to screw up so much. It's like you know if this was a small company, like you mm-hmm. know we could. I would still have the same criticism. It just would be. You know, well, but they're a small company, so let's be realistic about this. But they have the resources to do it right, but it, that doesn't make them any money. So why would they? All that makes and them if, money is more clicks. If there were like a proper competitor to YouTube, it'd be better. But every competitor usually dies during a couple of years. Like Blip TV died. Um, there was another one whose name I forgot. Died within two years. Or and even when they are alive, they're the competitors. You get like. For for a video where you get like two thousand views on YouTube, you'll get like twenty on the competitors. So it's like what's right. even the point? So BitChute and Library are both out there now, and they're both awesome. BitChute's mm-hmm. more of just a direct YouTube competitor. Library's trying to go about things a very very different way, and I, I think because of that, it'll take them a little longer to become mainstream. Mm-hmm. But I love what both of them are doing. You know, it's going to take time to see, but it is you know. It is kind of hard to get people to switch over, and another yep. another unfortunate truth is that usually the first people to adopt new platforms are nerds like me, who are like, oh, new, <laughs> new platform, let's see what this could do, let's see how this works, and people that were kicked off the other platforms. Mm-hmm. So, like, one mm-hmm. of my first videos on, on library was just like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm glad to be here, something like that, and, you know, I'll, I'll upload my content and within a day, a flat earther took a, a snippet of that saying that I hated YouTube and put it in their video. And I'm just like, now I'm in a flat earther video? Oh, <laughs> come on. So it is, you know. I had actually never heard of library, but I did try creating a, a channel on BitChute and I put the videos there. I spent like two days like uploading old stuff and just gradually catching up. And I noticed, like, they were getting, like, zero views, zero views, one view, and I'm like, hmm, maybe maybe this is actually not worth the, the Just effort. Just do the auto-sync. Both of them have it, so your videos automatically get pulled from YouTube over. Oh, they, they, they have it? Yeah, both do, and okay. uh, that way you could still be part of the platform, you could still be there, okay. and uh, but you don't have to... It's not going to take hours. But I actually... Okay. Uh, I interviewed the CEO of Library. I'm gonna, uh, I have... You know, with all the craziness going on, I'm not sure when this is going to mm-hmm. happen. But I had originally thought I was going to interview the CEO of BitChute as well. Um, I, I just, you know, it's not that I I hate YouTube. It's just that <laughs> when you put all your eggs in one basket, no good could come of that. Nah, so. Yeah, that is true. That is true. That makes sense. Besides, you um, know, hopefully they'll have different different perks for each. Like one of the biggest things about Floatplane that I ap- ooh, excuse me that I absolutely loved was that. Um, it's a subscription service like Patreon, but they host their mm-hmm. own videos. And their compression algorithm is way more forgiving than YouTube, and there's no ads. So anybody that subscribes to me on Floatplane, it's more expensive because it costs more for me too, so it's not I'm not trying to jack the price up. But if you watch a 4K video on Floatplane, it's definitely better than on YouTube with no ads whatsoever. So if that's your thing, that's cool. Um, and But, you know... It, it costs them a lot of money to host video, so obviously their service has to cost a lot. So that's why everything's more expensive. But you know, well, what's the what's the name of the, oh, sorry? What's the name of the platform again? Sorry, float plane, like a plane that float floats. Plane, okay. I, I don't okay, understand I, I the get, name, but yeah, I got, I got, I gotta check that out. Yeah, the crew from Linus Tech Tips are the people behind it, um, and it's mm-hmm. just been. 
It's just been the opposite experience of Patreon for me. And not not the subscribers, by the way. The Patreon subscribers have been wonderful, and I'm, I am humbled by that every single time I do my Q&As. But the, the company Patreon has not been easy to work mm-hmm. with, contradicting oh. emails back and forth. You know, it just, they've been kind of a pain. Whereas float plane, like, you talk to a person. And you know, if you if you email with somebody and there's a problem, like you're you're treated like a person who's talking to a person. So I was I was very uh, appreciative to be on that platform. This video is sponsored by Floatplane. Yeah, there you go. Subscribe today. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I I actually had never heard of that. I, I got or library. Never heard of library either. So I should I should check them out because library is totally free. I didn't, so I didn't know Bit should have a a um, sync option. So I'll, I'll I'll have to check it out and see if I if I can. If I can uh, somehow activate somehow activate that, yeah, um, because I tried to do it manually, and it was getting really tiring. Yeah, you know, <laughs> if I had if I had more time, um, I would yeah. think that the weekly videos that I would do would all just be auto synced because you know, mm-hmm. respectfully, like the, I enjoy doing those very much, but like you don't need perfect video quality for my weekly roundup. You just need to be able to see what I'm talking about. But for some of the individual stuff that I do and, and same with interviews, you know, this doesn't need to be flawless. I'm recording over Skype anyway, but some of the stuff that I spend a lot of time on side by side comparisons, stuff like that, you know, if you're watching it on your phone, it's always going to look like crap anyway. But if somebody actually sits down to watch it on a good computer monitor or a TV, mm-hmm. I want that extra quality in there. And I could be taking more advantage of the other services for that. It's just it's not enough hours in the day to do all that stuff. Actually, quick question: Do you do you do premieres, or do you still, or have you ever done premieres? I've done on I've done a few, and I I <clears throat> really enjoyed doing them each time. But it's it's also a timing thing. Like, I try to put out three videos a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Friday or Saturday, depending on the mm-hmm. release date thing. Um, and it's just, you gotta, you know, I'm premiering, a vi- if I premiered a video on Monday, I gotta make sure I'm sitting in front of my computer while it goes out, but I also need to write articles and make sure I'm preparing for the podcast ah. and, it's, you know, doing all the other research. So it's it's all just, I wish I could just press a big pause button, catch up with everything that I worked on, and then just have, like, a steady work schedule, but that's never gonna happen. I've I've tried premiering but then I um people kept telling me that when you premiere actually you get less views than you would otherwise so that always scared me a little bit because like people will get the notification for premiere and then a lot of people either either don't like premieres or don't like waiting or they get tired of waiting or they're just not so available they, when it's when it's going up yeah. yeah yeah so the 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 theory that I've heard is that when you do premieres excuse me you actually end up getting less views than you normally would. Hmm. So I don't know. See, that's why I kind of stopped doing it because I'm like, I already take like three weeks to put a single to put out a single video. I probably should not be hurting what little chances I have. <laughs> true, true. <clears throat> so um, people can find you on uh, everywhere as Stika S T one K A. So that's Twitter, <laughs> Patreon, your YouTube channel. Yes, Are you on yes. other social medias as well? Well, I have a Facebook page, but Twitter and Twitter, Patreon, and and uh, and um, oh, Discord also. Sorry, Discord oh, okay. and yeah. uh, and and um, YouTube are the main ones. Um, actually, just, sorry, just just doing this. Um, this this is actually a story I like to tell because my name is uh, my 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 um, uh, my uh, my name is Stika with one instead of of an I. Um, but some people have asked me what does the word Stika mean, mm-hmm. and Technically, it doesn't mean anything. It's gibberish. I, I just wanted to. I just wanted to sound like a word, 
but it's actually based on the word stretch in Portuguese because of my height, which I, uh, which back in school I was really tall. So I'm I'm six foot two or six foot three, depending. Oh, I don't know huh. the, the exact scale in 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 in, in, in uh, from centimeters to 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 feet. Um, so basically, Stika is just a mangled version of the word stretch in Portuguese. I I, I just like telling that story. That's because funny. sometimes I get, I get asked what 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 does the word mean? I, I always like stories <laughs> like that. My friend started a band when we were kids called Metadox. I was in it for a while too, and okay. he just he just thought it sounded cool. I thought it sounded like a metal band. <laughs> and then somebody told him that uh, I think in Greek Metadoxa meant something. So he tried to tell people that that's why he came up with the name. But he didn't. He just thought he heard of a <laughs> thought of something cool. Came up with a cool logo for it. That oh, was that. <laughs> Anyway, man, I, I'm really gr- glad to be on it, every man. I, f- I think we've been talking about this for a while, but I'm glad we can f- we finally we finally made it happen. Yeah, I was really I really had my hopes <laughs> up for doing it in person, but I mean, with <laughs> how long that might take nowadays, I figured screw it. Let's just get you on here and talk to you and have a conversation. Hopefully next year we get it. We get next year PRG PRGE is back, and I and I can actually go there this time. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, thanks very much it's for uh, for coming anytime. on, and let's um anytime let's do a follow up at some point. Hell, I'd love to do a follow up <laughs> in person. And, and, you know. Anytime I'd love to. Seriously, I, I wanted to go to the United States, like to meet you, to meet Ian, meet Yahel, Genovi, like meet meet Jimmy Hapa, meet everyone, and it didn't happen. Yeah, hopefully soon. <laughs> hopefully this will bounce back. I hope so. <laughs> All right, well, stay safe. <laughs> Don't touch your face. <laughs> and we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll see you very soon. I'll see ya. <laughs>